Hey, everybody. Uh, we're back with another bonus episode, uh, our second bonus episode in a row. Um, this was the recording of a live event we did with Stand With Us Canada, uh, an organization that fights against anti-Semitism, among other things, where we reviewed some of the Jewish Olympians who have uh, participated in the Tokyo Games, how they fared, uh, those who have medaled, and those with medals upcoming uh, as we head into the final weekend of the 2020 Olympic Games of 2021. Um, I should mention that about three quarters of the way through the uh, broadcast, we were briefly uh, brigaded by what seemed to be a, a bunch of preteen kids um, sort of playing weird sounds and, and saying things on the audio. I think we've probably cut most of that out, but you might hear us refer to it and uh, talk to one of the participants briefly at, one, at some point. Um, stay tuned to our feed and uh, hang tight for a back to our regularly scheduled program starting next week. Um, in the meantime, you can like and subscribe to Mentorwarmers wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us at the cjn.ca and um, Mentorwarmers Twitter at Mentorwarmers. Uh, and we'll see you back soon. Thank you all who have joined for standing with us, the Menchwarmers. Yes, thanks for joining. I've uh, been having some technical issues on our end, but uh, trying to smooth it out now. So I've been doing a lot of math. Yeah. Trying to calculate any sort of way in which I believe we now have five Jewish medals um, and we're about to right. get two more, at least two more. We've got Alex Kleiman in the gold medal game tomorrow in yep. beach volleyball. And we've got Sue Bird, who's going to win the gold medal in Sounds basketball. Right. But with the five we have now, where would we be if we were a country? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like top, that's probably around like 50th, something like that. Yeah, five medals as of right now. uh, I should pull this up again just to be safe. Um, As of right now, five medals would put us, uh, oh, it's loading. Five medals would put us right between Norway, Iran, and Slovenia. That's right where you want to be. That's the, that's the cool, that's the cool country spot. Suck it, Iran. Well, that's it. That's not a bad haul for the for the Jewish community. There might be um, one or two more from other places. Uh, I think the um, the Israeli Taekwondo team has it has a chance uh, at, at meddling. I, I can't the remember Israeli exactly. Judo that's, team did get mixed. a medal. Oh, that was the mixed team. Okay, that so was they the did mixed win. judo team. They did get right. a medal. Um, the Israeli uh, there was an Israeli uh, Avishal Shamberg who won a Taekwondo medal. Um, yeah, and... but sorry, the um, the gymnast, uh, the, the rhythmic gymnast, Linoy Ashram, uh, still has a chance to medal. I think that's still coming up. Yes, um, uh, that is all tonight. Around is that's tonight. in about an hour. Yeah. In about so, an hour, and she is... When we log off is... from this, go watch the rhythmic gym, gymna- gymnastics. Do you, ever, do you ever watch the rhythmic gymnastics? Is that a sport you're uh, familiar with? Um, is that... I mean, I, I think I might have seen it sort of on a street corner once or twice, maybe with like somebody doing contact juggling <laughs> or or it might happen in, in old school when uh, Will Ferrell sort of does it. But from like an artistic perspective, no, I'm not I'm not all that familiar. The two main disciplines seem to be the, the ribbon and the ball. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think there's like a hoop or something like that. You can use, I think, any like any of a number of props. But uh, yeah, it's it's its own thing. It's it's one of those. Um, 
It's a sport most people, I would say, don't pay attention to more than once every four years. But that's fine. That's what the Olympics are here for. Um, Gabe, maybe we should do a little rundown of the Jews who have won uh, who have won so far and maybe the Jews who haven't. So um, you talked before about Avishak Sandberg. Uh, she won in, uh, she won, she won a bronze medal in Taekwondo for her weight discipline. Um, Avishak grew up in, grew up in Israel from Gadara, um, competes for Israel, obviously. Uh, she's, she's, you know, very young, only 19 years old. So I think she's someone who we'll probably see at, at future Olympics and, and I'm sure in the, the Taekwondo circuit. Um, but you know, that was the first medal for Israel. I think a, a good showing. Um, do, yep. do, are, you, are you familiar with Taekwondo? Do you, do you have a, a sense of what it's like? So, yes. I watched a lot of the Taekwondo this time. Um, there was a lot, it's sort of like a slap fight with kicking. It's not yeah. like I would expect like, you know, it to look like the movies with a lot of jumping and high and so on and so forth. But I find there's a lot of, it's like, they seem to sort of touch their, like push their each other out of the way with the toes. Yeah, it feels more martial than art to me. I like it's a, it's very it's very kicky punchy. Um, yeah, it's the one I would say if you want to differentiate from the other ones, if you're if you're not a fan or, or not a, a close follower of the the combat sports of the Olympics, it's the one with the big pads around the middle. I think is the easiest yeah. way of describing it. Um, which again, it's just I think protecting their innards from getting constantly kicked. Um, I don't think you can kick in the head or anything like that. But the goal is basically just like kicking and punching in the in the midsection. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it, I like, to be honest, I, I can't say enough to, to say, like, I know what good Taekwondo looks like, but, uh, as we've mentioned before, as we've talked about before, the Israelis seem to seem to be pretty good at the combat sports. Yeah. They're, they're good at the combat sports. You take a look at, you know, we can get to him and unfortunately he failed to medal in the individual event. Um, but Ori Sassoon, who is sort of the, the reigning judo silver medalist, um, that is a terrifying man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, you know, I would not want to be sort of uh, across an alley from him in Jerusalem one night. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it for the for the combat sports judo and taekwondo. Um, you know, obviously, like, I think was the only taekwondo that uh, taekwondo participant from Israel, but uh, a number of yeah Israeli judoka. And um, there's also a so this is still unconfirmed, but there's a um, Japanese judoka who won a medal i believe named aaron wolf um who all i can find out about him is that he has an american dad and and hence the name and it sort of it, it beggars belief to think that a guy named aaron wolf isn't jewish but on the yeah. other hand who knows there are i mean there are non-jewish wolves um yep. that would that would be some. really surprising uh, i noticed yesterday similarly i mean he won uh, he has two medals now but uh, yeah. i i yes last night i was watching the skateboarding and they had an oscar silverberg um, who you would expect to be Jewish, <laughs> right. but is actually yeah. Swedish. That's right. Well, but that's the thing. It's like a Swedish Berg is something we expect. You know, it's sort of funny when I think we, when I, when we started this podcast or, or started looking into some, some athletes in terms of whether or not they're Jewish, a lot of my feeling was like, um, if they were Jewish or had some Jewish heritage or some connection or something like that, somebody would have written about it by now. Um, yeah, we can't know, be, we're good. We can't be the first ones. Exactly. It's like that joke about the two economists who are walking down the street and they see a $5 bill on the ground. And one says, hey, look, a $5 bill, let's pick it up. And the other one says, no, if that were really a $5 bill, somebody else would have picked it up by now. Oh, that's a good one. But now now that, um, especially since we've talked with uh, Emily Burak of, of Alma, who, who I, I've mentioned a few times now, is really just doing the yeoman's work of, of like figuring out <laughs> if these people are, are Jewish or not. I realized that like, actually the people who are looking into this are just like, they're just us. You know, it's just like a few people were yeah. among them. People have certainly been tweeting at us, um, asking think, if people are Jewish. I think us and Emily are doing this work so other people don't have to, right? Yeah, like exactly. Something, something we've talked to, you know, everybody loves to have the discussion of like, oh, oh my God, that guy's Jewish. Maybe. 
Um, right. And that's what makes that's what makes it fun. Uh, right. But I think I think somebody actually has been doing that work. And, and for the Olympics, when these people are not necessarily known commodities in, in the in the larger you know media world or whatever, then it's like the first time people have looked into you know whether Ronald Levy, the uh, uh, Jamaican you know hurdler, is Jewish. And as far as we can tell, no. But again, we don't know for certain. So um, yeah, he could on he could on some level. Um, but maybe we should go back to another medalist who actually is Jewish. Uh, sure. And I'm talking about uh, Australian slalom canoeer uh, Jessica Fox. Yeah. Yeah. who uh, she's a seven-time world champion and just medaled at her third straight Olympics, yeah. winning a bronze uh, in this. Uh, she's sort of a living legend in the sport. Well, and, she won a know, bronze. She... she won a bronze in the kayak slalom, but then she took a gold in the woman in the women's canoe, canoe slalom. In the women's canoe slalom. So she's got two yeah. two medals now. Yeah. Um, so I had only counted her one in my five tally. So that brings her up to six. Right. And uh, now that Jews are, are up six, let me uh, let me pull this up one more time. I actually think that leapfrogs us. Um, oh, good leap, point. Yeah. Um, that leapfrogs uh, Iran and Kazakhstan, I think, is the other country. And the fictional country of Jews is now up, uh, you know, somewhere between Belgium and Jamaica. Oh, cool. So, yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to watch uh, either of Jessica Fox's runs in the in the canoe or kayak. I just, I, I think it must be that kayak and canoe, understandably, is being done in the middle of the day. Um, so whenever it's been on has been like one in the morning, our time or, or two in the morning, our time. You know, I'm a little surprised that the Israelis don't have somebody in modern pentathlon. That uh, would, yeah, you know, because there's sort of like the shooting and, and the shooting, uh, fencing. Fencing, horseback riding, running. And then what's the fifth one? Swimming, swimming. So yeah, right. this seems like a thing your average IDF soldier would be decent at. Maybe, maybe that's a, a place for, to, to focus some uh, some energy in the future. Um, anyways, Jessica Fox, I, I think she's considered in the in the sports, you know, that that or the, among the people who follow it to be one of the better, you know, slalom paddlers of all time. Um, slalom paddling is like, you know, it's sort of like going through a whitewater course. There are artificial courses, but they're they have lots of bumps and rapids and stuff like that. Um, Absolutely. Or like, how fast can you can you navigate the course? Um, but the, it's a very, it's a very cool sport. It is very cool. But I think it's interesting how it's all artificial. Like they don't really have a slalom course in Japan. So they like build a thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how like realistic it, it. I don't know how realistic it would be to just be like, Hey, here's the Ottawa river or whatever the equivalent is, you know, good luck with it. Like, you know, there's these rapids. I, I'm sure they must do some outdoor, um, non-artificial whitewater, uh, canoeing and kayaking, like as a, as a judge sport, it would just be difficult. I mean, a lot of these are in remote or like wild places where it's not necessarily easy to have like spectators. I mean, obviously there's no spectators this year, but, um, spectators and judges and cameras and all that. So it, it's a very cool sport to watch. Like it's cool to see them navigate it. Um, absolutely. You know, these elements in different ways. And it's also one of those like unique things that only exist sort of for all intents and purposes. Like there is a tour of it, but you only really ever hear about it in the Olympics. Right. Um, exactly. And, and that brings us to uh, one of the Jewish athletes that we want to sort of talk about who is um, appearing tomorrow, which is uh, an Australian in the uh, in the women's 20 kilometer race walking tomorrow. Oh, cool. Who's that? Um, yes, it's very I think it's very exciting. Uh, oh, sorry. I lost my note here. Her name is Jemima Montag. OK. Um, and her parents actually met at the Maccabia Games Uh who are Australian, uh, but they didn't know each other, and they met sort of competing then in at the time. And now she has sort of found her her spot in international. Uh, Jemima has found her spot in international events as a race walker. Oh, very um, cool! And race walking is actually the last Olympics it's going to be in. Uh, really, so they're getting rid of weight race walking. They're getting rid of race walking, and that's, that's like so ridiculous. One of, the, one of the like great weird Olympic events. Oh, definitely, it is. I would say 
it's not exactly a spectator sport, but there's times like when you watch the end of it, when they're really like, you know, um, jockeying for position. They have like, and, like nothing left. After, oh yeah. It's, after, it's impressive. Yeah. There, you remember, you remember there was a the big controversy last time, uh, last time there was an Olympics with the Canadian guy who bumped somebody as, as yeah, he was like, Evan Dunphy. yeah, yeah. That yeah, was like was exciting to watch. the race for a while today. And, and they need to like the kilometer race. That's so bizarre, man. Yeah. Um, and they, I, mean, I can't believe they're they, getting rid of it. Yeah. And these people walk about as fast as your average, maybe your average Jewish person, but your average person could run. I can't believe that they're getting rid of it. It's too bad. Jemima Montag sounds like the most Australian Jewish name I've ever heard. Yes. Jemima like Montag, that, I, I could not make up a more Jewish name. Like the combination of like the Australian, like this is sort of a name, but nobody else uses it anymore in the Commonwealth. And plus like Germanic sounding uh, last name. Montag is, <laughs> uh, is Monday, right? So yeah, I think, yeah, Montag is Monday. Yeah, that's cool. Well, good luck to her. Um, I, I guess I, I, I can't say I'm probably going to watch much of the race. No, I, I don't think race race walking is a uh, particularly Jewish sport unless it took place inside of a shopping mall. Do you know the origins of it? It's pretty crazy. Well, it was like it? rich guys in England who were uh, who wagered on how like how far their butlers could travel without spilling a cup of tea, kind of thing. And like, it, wait, is that paper. real? I'm pretty sure that's that's real. Yeah, <laughs> it has weird origin. Uh, moving on to to get through some of the other medalists so far. Um, Lilia Akamova. That's uh, as best as I can do. My my Russian, despite being married to a a, a Russian Jew, is not very good. But she uh, was part of the 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 gymnastics team with Team Russia. Um, competing in her first Olympics and they won the gold medal, especially after uh, Simone Biles pulled out and the American team sort of faltered. Um, mm-hmm. So she was part of that, uh, that, that winning team. So good for her. Um, I don't think she really placed much in the, uh, in the overall in the individual, in, in the, yeah, in the individual overall competition. Uh, but obviously part of the championship team, that's pretty great. Um, I, I think she had a, she had a good vault that uh, was critical to sort of their win. Um, so cool to see that. Uh, don't know much better. I mean, she's from Vladivostok. It's uh, like way in the Russian Far East. Um, it's in but- the east. Do we know? We were talking about this before the show started, but do we know what the who the northern who the northernmost Jewish athlete is? Could it be her? It's a, a good question. Could be. Um, I guess like Siberia isn't like technically that far north, right? It's more east than we think than it is north. Um, like Vladivostok, I think is just like across across the Sea of Japan from Japan, sort of. Right. So um, it's, it's nearby. Maybe she. Yeah, right. Maybe she could uh, gymnast gymnastics over and go this there. Is a good, this is a good question. I mean, it does it does segue into the first. I would say um, Mike Jacobs All Star of the Olympics, the first big Mike Jacobs All Star of the Olympics, who was uh, a, a similarly named Lydia Jacoby of Seward, Alaska. Who uh, I think for like a day or two, everyone had this sense of like, is she Jewish? Uh, She won the gold. She won a gold medal in a swimming discipline. I I certainly can't remember uh, now, a week later, which discipline it was. But uh, she she was sort of phenom. I think she's like 17 years old. She came out of you know a a small community in in Alaska, and I think because of her name being Jacoby, uh, you know, she has red hair. There was a feeling of like maybe this is a a Jewish Jacoby. Plenty of uh, you know uh, Jacobovitches or I think that's what Jacobin. Yeah, exactly. More Jewish. So looking into it and, and uh, you know, the article that was written about it, it seems like the um, Jacobis with an I tend to be more Jewish. Jacobis with, an, with a Y, which Lydia is not. But uh, mm-hmm. the first, the first like Mike Jacobs ski, all-star. Ski okay. type thing. Although it's yeah. the other way around. Ski with a Y would be Jewish and ski with an I less so. Right. Although something we're learning, you know, we, we talked on our show with Emily Barak about this, is that you really, you don't know, somebody's name really doesn't tell you whether or not they're going to be Jewish. Yeah, not um, always the least. I mean, 
you know, there's plenty of uh, take it from uh, Major League Baseball, for example, you know, Rowdy Telez and Daniel Valencia, guys like that are Jewish and, uh, you know, Gabe Gross or uh, Olympian Danny Valencia. Yeah, uh, we didn't even get to the, to the uh, Israeli Olympic baseball team, which, you know, won a game. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Medal. Let's talk about that now, because I feel like that's that sort of that was a big ticket item for um, many Jewish sports fans going into the Olympics. Um, certainly something we followed and we you know spoke with uh, Nate Fish, third base coach, uh, Dean Pellman, who was training with the team um, about the Israel baseball team. Um, so let's give a, a bit of a rundown. The first game was against Korea, went to extra innings. They, they ended up losing. Um, second game was against they, the... they took it to, to extra innings and it was really oh, yeah. exciting. They were uh, up six, four at one point. Uh, I think, uh, Ryan LeVarn went homer twice. Um, yep. and, and, and Ty yeah. Kelly made a game saving catch former yeah, Toronto was, Blue Jay, Ty Kelly. No, he was never a Blue Jay. Yes, he was when for about 10 minutes. Um, I'll tell you this right now. I don't now. think so. Cause all the, blue, there were, there were Blue Jays on Valencia was the only one. I think, I don't think Ty Kelly was a Blue Jay. So I don't know if he ever made it to the majors. That's right. Oh, okay. So he played on the, on the Bisons for a while, but mm. uh, for the 2015 season, he was a Buffalo Bison. I see. Okay. So Jay's minor leaguer, Ty Kelly. But uh, yeah. anyway, so they took that game to extra innings and then lost on a brutal, brutal walk-off hit by pitch, which is like such a sad way to lose a game. Yeah. Um, then they got uh, sort of creamed by the Americans in the next game. But the way this tournament's work, working is that like, there's no, there was no elimination for a long time. So they uh, got a shot at, facing Mexico, who's the other team that finished worst in the bracket. And they beat Mexico. It was a big win. Um, guaranteed them at least two more games. Had another game against Korea where they got blown out. And then the sort of make or break game, uh, either fifth place or semifinals versus Dominican Republic. And uh, Dominican Republic, obviously a baseball powerhouse, doesn't have most of their, you know, big major league, their major league players could, could basically be, you know, an all-star team. But, uh, you know, they have some of their former players, some prospects. Um, and it was a very hard fought game. Went back and forth uh, all, all morning. It was a six o'clock start our time. And uh, the Jays went ahead uh, going into the ninth inning. They were up one run. And then they let up, let up a leadoff home run, put a few more men on base and with two outs. Uh, our hometown hero, J- Jose Batista, comes up to the plate and hits a single for his first hit of the tournament, uh, walking off Team Israel. So extremely it, sad, but extremely also good sad. for Jose. Yeah, good for Jose. It was brutal to watch. It was su- it was such like a you know tugging on your heartstrings coming into the ninth inning up a run you know giving up the tie but still having the chance and then right before uh, Jose was up there was a ball that could have been turned for a double double play but was bobbled. Um, Jose got an extra pitch on a you know a, a called ball that could have very easily been a strikeout yep. to end the ninth and you know then you get to extra innings who knows you know maybe they don't have the momentum but. Uh, you know, international baseball games start with two men on base. So it's, uh, it, re- it really could have been either way. Anything could happen. So they, they lost, they came in fifth. Um, pretty sad, sad, sad more. So I think just because like, this is the last Olympics with baseball, at least until 2028. And that sucks. Yep. And I think a, a lot of folks really had belief that, that Israel, you know, after the European championship, the Cinderella that took them there, like, I think it was a lot of belief that they could pull this off. Oh yeah. And it absolutely could have happened. I mean, every baseball game is a crapshoot. And so, you know, for example, if they had beaten Dominican, they would have had to play the U S I don't think they would have beaten the U S team, but you never know. And hard then, to say baseball is weird. Anything can happen. Yeah. You can't predict baseball. And then again, the bronze medal game would have been against South Korea for the third time. Maybe they solve South Korea, but again, they took South Korea to extras one time. They were, you know, a few pitches away from winning that game and it could have happened and we'll never know. And we'll have to wait at least another eight years for uh, Israel to potentially medal at the, at the Olympics in baseball. 
that, seven that, years, seven years. It's very true. But at least they got, you know, they got a lot of exciting, ba- uh, exciting baseball that we got to enjoy watching them through this, this, uh, uh, this, this Olympics. I like, again, you know, something they used to say to us at summer camp, don't cry because it's over smile because it happened. Yeah. I will say that I, I, I do look forward to, uh, if baseball's back in 2028 in Los Angeles, that like games will just be at a, a normal time for us on the East coast minus and three at hours. Dodger stadium. How cool. Would oh that yeah. Be? As opposed to like, I, you know, the, the nights and, and mornings trying to stay up, stay up for games that start at 11 PM or wake up for games that start at six in the six in the morning. Like I know it's our beat. Got to do it. Got to, got to put in the hours, but <laughs> As 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 a fellow parent to a a, a child a, to a young young baby, I think you know how, how tough that was. Oh yeah, it, I mean it's been. He's he's not a Jewish uh, Olympian, but you know we've been. My wife and I have been getting up every weekend to watch Lance Stroll, the Jewish F one uh, driver, race, and having a a four month old wake up at six a.m. has been really nice because oh yeah, it's it's prime time in Hungary right now. There's a race going on. Is there uh, is there a way to watch F one not live? Like, do they replay it at all? I would assume so. Um, I think you can buy like the F1 package, you know, F1.tv, their special streaming thing. However, we TSN on demand has it. So TSN on demand would have it. Um, That's such a weird um, like facet of, of, of modern life is that like we don't get it as much in Canada, I don't think. But like NBC still tape delays like the big events. Right. So like they were playing like Simone Biles uh, bronze bronze place in the vault or whatever. she Like eight hours after mean. it happened. Like it, no, like like even more than that, like 15 hours or something like that after it oh, happened. Wow. And it's like, if you're, if you're on the internet, if you're getting your news from anywhere, you know what the result was. And it's like, are you going to, are you going to watch that? Like, I can't, I can't believe that someone would like, did any American soccer fans watch the U S uh, women's national team lose to Canada? On a tape delay? No, on a tape delay, probably not. That's true. Although, you know, I, I, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist here, but they moved, you know, they recently moved the broadcast uh, of Canada, the Canadian team's final tomorrow. It's supposed to be at 6 a.m. Canada time or Toronto Mm -hmm. time. And now it's going to be at eight. And, you know, they say it's for the heat, but I'm sure television live audience happened to go as part of that. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, we should talk about the, uh, the last Jew, I think that we know right now who, who, uh, got an individual medal. Um, that, and that's Artem, uh, Dolgopiat, uh, yep. the Israeli gymnast who won the gold in the men's floor exercise, um, in the artistic, uh, gymnastics. Um, he's an emigre from Ukraine, I believe. Uh, he, he's lived in Israel for the last 12 years. Um, there's been a, a sort of interesting personal, personal interest story afterwards, after he won the gold medal game, which is that he can't get married back in Israel. Um, he's only, uh, half Jewish. He's only Jewish on his father's side. And according to Israeli law, he's not Jewish. Um, I think his his fiance is not Jewish either. No. So I think it's, it's okay. So that's, I find this a complicated story and maybe I'm, I'm sort of, you know, stuck on the patrilineal Judaism thing because I certainly believe it's legit. I'm certainly relying on my child to be a patrilineal Jewish as my wife is not Jewish. However, my child was circumcised in mikvah, so it's not necessarily, it's sort of a non-issue. That said- As you ask, yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, actually not after the mikvah. That's a great way to convert your kid without having to do uh, any of the classes. Okay. Is that my son will be a formal converted Jewish person. So that matters. That said, um, in- I didn't realize this, but Israel doesn't have legal marriage. They only have religious marriage. Yeah, that's right. They don't have civil marriage. They they, they accept it from other countries. If you go to yeah. like Cyprus or whatever, 
um, then, then they'll accept it. But uh, it's a real problem. It's, re- it's really, you know, a remnant of, uh, I mean, I don't think we have to get too much into Israeli politics, but it is a real remnant of a, you know, previous generation or uh, the religious authority having control over marriage. So yeah, that's been I'm the also... interesting story about Artem Dolgo, um, Dolgo Piat. Um, just you can't get married back at home. It's something he wants to do. And I guess he'll have to figure it out, you know. Do you think, I wonder if, you know, like he's an Olympic gold medalist. Can we call up Yair and say, say, Lapid, you know, like, listen, the guy's a special thing. Like he, if anyone should get an exception, just right. give it to this guy. Like, I sort of think that's, medalist. do what he right. wants. It's like the equivalent of like how someone, like they were saying after, uh, after DeGrasse, Andre de Grasse won a second medal. Like he'll never pay for a beer again in in the country of Canada. It's probably true, and it's like it should be the equivalent of it. Like you just get you get to break one law. Like no nonviolent <laughs> nonviolent law. You just you get to break one. Like yeah. you don't want to pay taxes one year. That's fine. We're not going to prosecute you for it. Right. That like, should be the no- that should be the Olympic award. And like I'm sure that that Bennett and Lapid like they probably called this guy. Well, I don't and, think they, you know, they, they don't care about that. It's just like nobody wants to tackle with the uh what you call it, with the with the religious authority. Again, let's let's not let's not focus too hard on, on the Israeli politics here. Um exciting for him to win it. It was only only Israel's second gold of all time. Um so pretty exciting for for him and and, and yeah. for Israel. Um I, I think that's it for current medalist, but we should talk about a few, Gabe, that you talked about uh, uh, being sort of in the offing. Um, the first one being Alex Kleinman, uh, who, along with April Ross, is just sort of like torn through the beach volleyball circuit. Um, I, I don't know how they did in the uh, in the round robin stage or anything like that, but they, they've won every match in the knockout stage to nothing. Uh, yep. they, they've just been they haven't tear- lost a set. Through. Yeah, um, they, they haven't lost a set. Yeah, in the knockout stage, um, I, I don't know if they lost in the uh, in the round robin either. But uh, uh, I don't think they did. I think they did. They yeah, did great. They, I think they went three zero. So they're into the gold medal game. Uh, Alex Kleiman will will have a medal, either gold or silver, and it sounds like probably gold. Um, she is uh, the tallest Jewish woman. In, in, you, in the like, world in the world yeah this uh, the, the think, tallest I so. one I, th- I think it's her she's six five if anyone knows of a taller jewish woman let us know but until then we're going to assume it's alex Kleiman. um you know what i actually think um alicia clark the uh oh, yeah. okay the uh basketball player uh yeah of the uh she is let's see her height that yeah, was, the Seattle the only Storm. One I could think of. Uh, she's no. actually only five eleven. Yeah, only five eleven. So yeah, which Alex again is pretty much like average title. height for for or maybe it's a little short for a w, WNBA player. Um, it's anyway, very so tall for a Jewish person. It's very tall for anyone. <laughs> um, one other uh, uh, thing I think we should mention, uh, you know, about Alex Kleiman, she actually has a Canadian connection. We are the Canadian Jewish News. Her husband is a Newfoundlander oh, who cool. used to play in the NHL. Who's uh, her husband? Former, former Tampa Bay Lightning and Edmonton Oiler, Ed, Teddy Purcell. Gabe, we were going to talk about uh, Sue Bird as well, who's also anticipating having a medal with the U.S. women's basketball team. The greatest athlete of all time. Yeah. The greatest, you know, uh, WNBA player of all time, that's for sure. We're, we're big fans of Sue Bird here and very excited for her to uh, uh, get, I think, her fifth gold medal. Yeah, presumably. Her, fifth, her fifth gold medal, presumably. I mean, the U.S. women's basketball team is sort of an unstoppable force. When it comes to the Olympics, so uh, you know, I, I I think the game is tonight or tomorrow night. Um, I think one, the semis are tonight. Oh, the semis are tonight. The, okay, the finals are Saturday. Right. Okay. So the semis are tonight. Obviously, it seems likely that they'll be through to the finals, and uh, that she'll probably win a medal. Um, Gabe, before we finish up here, are there any other uh, Jewish athletes you want to shout out? People who didn't necessarily win but competed strong. 
um, pe- people who are uh, uh, who, 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 really, who might have a good chance coming up in the next few days? Uh, that's a really great question. Um, I am, I mean, we talked about the race walker. I think uh, Jemima Montag is a really great uh, story and someone we'd like to uh, talk about. Another um, sort of non-traditional athlete or non-unexpected non- Jewish athlete um, that, that I want to talk about is from the Japanese basketball team. Oh, right, um, yeah. Uh, somebody who you don't you don't often think of you know a Jewish basketball players and uh, B from Japan. His name is Avi Schaefer. Yeah. Um, and he is you know Jewish. Uh, he lives in Japan, plays in Japan, born and raised in Japan. Um, from Osaka. Um, but I mean, you take one look at the guy, and he is pretty Jewish. Um, and and he's actually a patrilineal Jew as well, but he certainly identifies as as Jewish. Right. Um, you know, he played uh, for Georgia Tech, which now you know notably has a a Jewish coach. Yeah. Um, Josh Pastner. Uh, and so it's sort of a, a whole mishpucha of the Jewish sports uh, event, Jewish yeah. sports world that I, I sort of want to call out as an interesting story. Uh, how about you? Uh, well, we should say that the Japanese basketball team went 0 for 3 and, and didn't make it past the not the round robin. I mean, you know, they were sort of, they're the host, they get to have a team. And unfortunately, it leads the results of the host, the host country. And I think especially in the team sports, it's more glaring how, how much they uh, wouldn't have qualified if they weren't the host. Um, like this happens, this often happens with like whatever, whatever, whatever country is hosting the Winter Olympics, like having to field a hockey team. And it's like, you know, good luck finding uh, five, five Italians who know who know how to play hockey or whatever. I think um, the Chinese team is going to have fun. Exactly. Like it's just it's not a hockey. It's not much of a hockey development country. Like they don't have many people playing hockey. I don't know how they'll do it. Beijing, but topic for another podcast. Um no one else I, I really wanted to focus on. I think I think we've covered most of them. But one thing I do want to mention, um, something we haven't really talked about um, and, and should have talked about earlier, um, is the uh, the fact that for the first time ever, uh, the IOC honored uh, the athlete, the Israeli athletes killed in the in the Munich Games um, in 1972. Um, and to be honest, this is something we probably should have looked into more in the past. And you know, I, I heard it when it when it came on the opening ceremonies, but uh, I don't think I realized the degree to which it hadn't been uh, hadn't been something that had been acknowledged by the IOC in the opening ceremonies in this sort of public way. Um, but uh, we got some comments on our our last podcast when we guessed on on Bonjour Chai about this. Uh, and that was very helpful in pointing us in the right direction. Um, Anki Spitzer, who's the the widow of Andre Spitzer, who's who's one of the athletes, uh, a fencer who was killed in, in Munich, has been sort of at the forefront of demanding that the IOC uh, honor the victims of the Munich massacre in a, in a public way at the opening ceremonies. Um, and both Anki and uh, Ilana Romano, who, who is another uh, a widow of one of the victims, in the massacre were present at the opening ceremonies. I think it was incredibly moving for them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that the, you know, Maccabi games has, uh, has continued to to make a forefront of their honoring. It's something that the Olympics had ignored time and time again. I think there's a feeling in the Olympics of like, you know, not wanting to touch any issue that might be controversial or not do anything beyond their, beyond their power. I mean, or, they did, I, I, you know, in the Munich Olympics, they didn't pause. They yeah. had the same, you know, they kept the, they kept it going. Yeah, that's right. I know, um, having looked into it more recently, I know Bob Costas, uh, eight years ago in London, um, did his own sort of personal tribute in Moment of Silence on the NBC broadcast. Um, but, you know, th- there's there's only so many chances that you get to honor it on the main stage. Uh, I think the IOC should be commended for for what they eventually got around to, um, even if it was a little late. But, uh, you know, a very important moment, I think, for marking that tribute and, you know, people who are really part of the Olympic family who are killed at the Olympics um, is an important, important event that needs to be remembered and I, I hope continues to be honored and, 
in some way in the future in future agree. Olympics as well. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, it's possible we'll have more in the future on that. Um, maybe reaching out to some of the people who are involved in, in getting uh, that the sort of place of prominence that it had. And I think that's, you know, again, an important, important story to stay focused on and, and, and think about as we continue to cover the Olympics. I, I completely agree. Um, and it's like I said, the, like we talked about earlier, the, the IOC is not the most forward thinking organization, but it is nice of them to, or, you know, it might be the bare minimum, but at least finally they're hitting that when it comes to recognizing, um, you know, uh, Israel's history and the fraught Jewish history of the Olympics. Right. Well, I, I think we'll, we'll end it there. Uh, I want to thank everyone who joined us tonight. Um, apologize for the uh, Zoom brigade that occurred and the inappropriate thing that happened. Um, but uh, that that's going to happen, I guess, on a public Zoom link sometimes. I want to thank Emmanuel for his honesty. Um, I hope you had fun and enjoyed. Um, you're from Paraguay. That's very cool. Uh, you know, we're, we if you ever want to chat about Jewish athletes in the Olympics uh, or any other sport, please listen to our podcast. We're available anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, and I, I appreciate the I appreciate you sticking around, man. Great. Well, um, I think we'll end it there. Uh, everybody who's on here, please, you know, feel free to like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, review wherever you can get us. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us on uh, the Canadian Jewish News website, cjn.ca, uh, and you can uh, follow us on Twitter at The Mentors. Mm-hmm.